Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Everyday Einstein's Quick and Dirty Tips for Making Sense of Science. I'm your host, Lee Phelan. And today, we're going to talk about some tips for teaching science to children. As readers of my blog know, my wife and I homeschool our five children. And while we've taken a rather traditional approach to teaching mathematics in what you might call a sequential order, we found that this approach is not very effective in teaching science. Over the years, we've refined our approach until we've developed a sort of pattern that works well for our family. And while every child is different in their interests and the way they learn, I wanted to share some of our experiences with you in the form of quick and dirty tips for teaching science at home. Now, unlike other educational methodologies you might read about, I don't have any double-blind controlled tests which measure test score changes resulting from the application of these methods. And while these types of metrics have their place, our measurement of success for teaching science to our children is whether or not they develop a love for learning science. Before I go any further, I do want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Squarespace.com. Squarespace has launched a brand new content management system making Squarespace faster and easier than ever to create a high-quality site or blog. The new Squarespace features mobile responsive designs with automatic scaling to any size device, plus more than 50 new features. For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase on new accounts, go to squarespace.com everyday and use offer code everyday8. So tip number one is be prepared. While we occasionally plan things in advance for science, our preferred method is to wait until one of the kids have either experienced something new or wait until they come to us with a question on their own. Since we're far from knowing everything, as any of my children would happily attest, we find it useful to have a supply of reference material which spans different age levels. When we moved to the UK this year, one of the things that my older daughters were most excited about was being able to see new kinds of plants and animals. They are huge amateur naturalists so they were quite happy when we acquired several new field guides to the various forms of wildlife here. Some days, they'll spend hours identifying wildflowers or waiting for new birds to land in their homemade bird feeder, just so they can look them up in their books. So having reference materials on hand enables them to learn science at their own pace. And that brings us to tip number two, which is don't be afraid to use old media. There's a lot to be gained by using so-called new media, such as videos, animations, and even computer games to teach science. However, plain old books with pictures that don't move around have several advantages as well. One of our favorite activities in the evening is to gather the family, have everyone choose a book, and listen while my wife or I read out loud to them. And don't assume that the younger kids won't be interested in the books that the older kids choose or that the older kids already know everything in those little kid books. Often the best parts of this experience for us aren't the reading material itself, but the conversations and discussions that ensue from the reading. Have you ever tried to have a conversation while watching a movie? It somehow doesn't seem to work as well. Tip number three is seize the moment. When my youngest daughter crashed on her bike for the first time and acquired a small cut on her thumb, she was pretty startled by how much blood came out of that little cut. Later that night, long after she was all bandaged up, 
one of my older kids chose a book from one of my favorite series for teaching science, The Magic School Bus. In this particular book, the bus full of science-learning students shrinks down and enters a fellow student's body. After touring his digestive system for a while, they end up in his bloodstream where they encounter red blood cells, white blood cells, and platelets. One of the things we learned was that one drop of blood has about 5 million red blood cells in it. So my older daughter told her sister that she must have lost almost a billion blood cells that day in her bike rack. My oldest son looked at me and asked, What happens if you lose all of your blood cells? I told him that if that happened, you'd probably die. He shot a concerned look at my daughter, and then I quickly added, But your body's always making new ones to replace the ones that you've lost. And I had to suppress a laugh at his obvious sigh of relief. He was very concerned for his sister. Tip number four is vary your tactics. That same night, we read that the way your throat swallows food isn't by gravity, but through muscles which contract in your esophagus to push the food down towards your stomach. The book pointed out that this is why you could swallow upside down. Of course, everyone was keen to try that out, so we set the book aside, cut up some apple slices, and took turns standing on our heads while trying to swallow. After everyone had a turn, the kids were eager to get back to the book and see if it had any more crazy ideas. Tip number five is don't force learning. You can't force kids to learn. You can lecture them, read to them, preach to them, show them videos and simulations. But if they aren't interested or ready to learn, you're just wasting everybody's time. Sometimes when we're doing something, some of the younger kids disengage and wander off. Usually it's while we're discussing a topic in more detail for the benefit of one of the older kids. But as soon as we're doing something that looks interesting to them again, especially if food is involved, or when they're ready to learn more, they always come back. Tip number six is don't pay too much attention to this list. As I mentioned earlier, every child is different. You might have some children in your care that like listening to hour-long lectures on the finer details of photosynthesis, can't stand hands-on experiments, and are repulsed by the very thought of a book. If so, you should ignore everything on this list and do those things instead. This is really just a collection of things that work for my own children. Also, keep in mind that children and their learning styles change over the years. Kids who previously only enjoyed hands-on experiments might suddenly develop an interest in extensive reading or observing nature. An important thing we've learned through our years of homeschooling is that you should never label your children. Think of it this way. If all of his life Johnny's heard nothing but Johnny doesn't really enjoy reading as much as Susie does, what is the likelihood that he will ever learn to enjoy reading as much as Susie does? Once again, I'd like to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Squarespace.com, the fast and easy way to create a high-quality, professional-looking website or blog. Squarespace.com has launched a brand new content management system that offers over 50 new improved features, making it easier than ever to create a new website or blog. You can drag and drop blocks of content with photos, videos, text, and even Twitter feeds, and you can preview as you go. And it's got one of the best mobile experiences because it has a mobile responsive design. This means that no matter what size device your blog is or website is being viewed on, your blog will automatically resize to look professionally designed everywhere. The new Squarespace has integrated all your website needs, domain registration, design, development, hosting, and customer support through a unified service, making it faster and easier than ever to create your blog. For a free trial, go to squarespace.com everyday. Sign up for a free account. No credit cards needed. Just try it out and start building your site. If you decide to purchase it, use offer code EVERYDAY8 and get 10% off your first purchase on new accounts. That's EVERYDAY and the number 8. Well, thanks for listening today. Do you have any of your own tips for teaching science to children? If so, I'd love to hear them. Share them in the comments on our site 
or on Twitter with the hashtag EESciencefForKids. If you like today's episode, you can become a fan of Everyday Einstein on Facebook or follow me on Twitter. If you have a question that you'd like to see in a future episode, send me an email at everydayeinstein at quickanddirtytips.com. Until next time, I'm Lee Phelan with Everyday Einstein's Quick and Dirty Tips for helping you to make sense of science. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.